time to talk buffs with CU voice Mark Johnson on the Jim Davis Show on the team. With us on the Chick Fil A Breakfast Team phone line, the voice of the Cumberland Buffaloes, Mark Johnson. Good morning, Mark. How are you? Jim. Good morning. Power's back on over here, so I can talk to you. All's good in the world. <laughs> All right. Yes. Uh, dealing with power outages, oh. internet issues. Uh, you and I have experienced uh, both those things the last day or so. So yep. all, all kinds well, of fun. Just, this time of year, though, it's just good to have the heat on. You know, so that was kind oh. of nice to get the heat back on. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, I would. I would imagine, man, like you, Mark. Yeah, probably a nice little wood burning stove over there, just a backup, right, or just for ambiance. Well, you know, we do not have a wood burning stove really? this year. I'm no, surprised. No, I know that. That's why I know that's a little bit surprising and a little bit, uh, uh, you know, disappointing to me, to be honest with you. And, oh yeah. Uh, I've looked at different. I can't, we we can't seem to agree on where one would go. Oh, I see. So and so there's been a debate about that for years, and I said, you know, that's a great spot. My wife said, absolutely not. And so that's where the argument ended. Oh, just a tip because I had one for years. A quadrifier with a blower on it. Oh, uh, it'll fantastic. Oh, that I've loved the one we've had, and now we're selling our house and. Moving to a place that has a gas fireplace, which I'm kind of, I'm kind of disappointed about it. But we, yeah, the wood burning stove is fantastic. You'll yep, love it. You'll it ta- talk talk the missus into it. Find find a location and and she'll be she'll be thrilled. She's like, why did I why did I put this off for so long? Why was I arguing yep. about which which place to go? So yep. you'll well, you'll love it. it. Uh, eventually, if if and when I do win that argument, I'm going to give you a call and get some get some advice on, on what you guys had. Okay, well, I'll, I'll be glad to share what little knowledge I have about one one subject that I can maybe actually provide a little a little information on. Uh, Colorado coming up uh, just short at home against UCLA. Great crowd uh, on hand to watch the Buffs take on the number four team in the nation. And for Colorado, just came up short in that loss on Sunday. Get a chance to to take in a little bit of it. And for for Tad Boyle and the Buffs, just uh, just frustrating because it was it was right there for the Buffaloes yep. to come up with a huge upset on their home floor. Yeah, and I'm kind of wondering if Tristan De Silva hadn't gone down with you know five minutes to play yeah. there with the injury, and he left the ball game. Maybe they'll pull that out, but you know, could have, should have, would have. Um, the, the good news was, and I tell you what, you came out of that game feeling very different than the loss on Thursday night. Thursday night was one of those hollow. What in the world did I just watch? How can uh, the Buffaloes play this poorly against USC? They just didn't have any great fight in them and grit. And then came back on Sunday and really played hard in that game. And like you said, just came up uh, short, led for a good chunk of the game. And, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you know, yeah, it, it gets you absolutely nothing. It's close but no cigar, and, and you don't get any prizes for that. And there's no, uh, you know, victories in that, and so you just kind of move on. But, you know, it, 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 it I think kind of epitomizes the way this team has been this season. They, they can play with anybody. They had a narrow loss by four points there, and then they can lose in, in silly fashion like they did on Thursday night. Yeah, 60-56 to 56 loss to UCLA. And, you know, the, the Bruins winning their eighth in a row. They're now 25-4, and 16-2. And, and you mentioned Tristan De Silva that left with five minutes to go, 13 points. And I think you – I think I believe you made the point on the, on the broadcast on Sunday that while Tristan's had a really good season against some of the big boys like UCLA – he hasn't exactly always played his best basketball, but I think Sunday he certainly was giving the Buffs a chance with the way he was playing on Sunday. Yeah, yeah, playing very well, I thought. And, you know, I, there's a little bit of that. When, when I threw that number out after I kind of did, I thought, guess what, what the number was? Just against the top three teams in, in the Pac-12, uh, he's averaged about 11 points per ball game. His shooting numbers have been down, blah, blah, blah. And I thought maybe I should have put that in better context because when you're playing – uh, better competition. The the defense is going to be better, and the challenge is going to be greater, and all those kind of things. And then when you're on a team like Colorado, that so relies on two guys, KJ Simpson 
and, and especially Tristan De Silva. He'd be the primary guy. When that happens, you're going to get much greater uh, attention defensively. And, you know, at 10, I got, or rather Mike Rohn was on the show, uh, our boss primetime show on Monday night. He and I got talking about this. And I said, you know, when you move up, because last year he would have been probably the number four option, three option maybe, maybe the number four option on the team. And I think when you move up and become the number one guy, well, all of a sudden the defense becomes that much greater, right? You're facing the number one defender on the other team. And so you know, that, that's just part of, of kind of the growing process for Tristan De Silva. So, you know, after I threw those numbers out there, I thought, well, maybe I didn't fully, you know, contextualize exactly what that means and why that is. I don't want to put too much blame on the kid. He's, you know, he's, he's playing fantastic basketball. He's going to be an all-conference kid this year. As far as Tristan, that injury, what does that look like for the Utah game? That's a good question. Uh, it's the old line, and you know he's listed as day to day, aren't we all? And, and you know, when, uh, on Monday night, in fact, we're sitting there, and Mike Rowan actually got a text from Tristan saying, "Hey, here's what they've determined, and it's okay. It's not broken. There's no tendon or ligament damage in there. It's just simply a pretty good sprain." And so, you know, you, you've seen guys play with that kind of thing, and you've seen guys also have great issues with that kind of thing. And so, I think that's where they're sitting right now, just kind of waiting to see what he's going to be able to do. You know, on Saturday evening against, uh, or Saturday afternoon, I should say, against Utah. I really thought Luke O'Brien stepped up, and, and really when they needed him to to deliver both scoring and rebounding, he certainly did that. Thirteen points, ten rebounds, first career double double for the junior. That uh, I thought he had a, a really nice performance against the Bruins. He's been playing very good basketball. In fact, he's he's growing into the kind of player. You know, when, when Tad talks about his program, he talks about development all the time. He wants to recruit and develop. He's, he doesn't want to be the guy that's in the transfer portal all the time. He, he's very selective about who he takes in the portal. But what he wants is you recruit a guy, they develop, the upperclassmen always carry the load, the younger guys are evolving and contributing, but you know, not on a consistent basis because they're not going to do that. They're going to they're be <clears throat> excuse me, inconsistent. And so Luke's become one of those guys that you that he wants in his program that okay you're a junior now now you're supposed to be relied upon i can count on you game in and game out luke's become that guy i mean he's over the last i don't have the numbers in front of me but i'm going to guess over the last 15 games he's probably averaging you know somewhere around nine and seven nine and eight someplace in that range uh he's just missed a double double uh, two or three times now during that stretch and he finally got one on, on sunday i mean he is a consistent player he's six eight He's a broad shoulder, narrow in the hip kind of guy. He can go in and battle with big bodies in there, even though he gives up a little bit of size on, at times because he's very strong. He's athletic. He can shoot the three. So now he's become a very nice player. I'm excited to see. I think, you know, we've talked about it, Jim. The buffs are going to be loaded next season with Cody, Cody Williams coming in. He was just named a high school All-American here a couple of days ago. And, and the other recruits that got coming in, one of the top recruiting classes in the country. Luke's going to be a huge part of that in, in a role situation, obviously. Uh, but, no, he'll, I think he's, he's playing great basketball right now. I'm really proud of him. Mark Johnson, voice of Buffalo, is with us today on the Team Sports Network. Of course, I mentioned Utah coming up on Saturday. Then we get into the uh, Pac-12 tournament, and hopefully Colorado can replicate what they did that, that inaugural year in the conference when they uh, made the run to, to win the Pac-12 tournament title. But, you know, let's, you know, let's assume that that's probably not going to happen. You, you never know. Hopefully we'll keep our fingers crossed for history to repeat itself. But uh, right now, what does it look in terms of NIT, one of the other tournaments that are out there? When I, you know, Brian Roth used the term third tier, and he said, I hate to use that term, but that's yep. kind of what they are. Yep. What does that look like for the Buffaloes in terms of the postseason if they obviously don't win the tournament and make the NCAA basketball tournament? Well, I think it's very clear. Tad is kind of, kind of uh, you know, he, he played in the CBI one year, and it didn't go well. And the team was, you could tell, they were checked out. 
And, and so he's, he's made the determination after that that we'll never play in that again. He, he did that for a purposeful reason that year because of the youth on the team and thought, well, maybe this will be a good experience. And <clears throat> if you remember, uh, uh, Skia Booker decided not to play, and so yeah. he was out, and guys were like, you know, they were half packing their bags, that kind of thing. And so he's made the determination he'll never play in that again. So could they get invited to that if they're above 500? Sure. Uh, will they? No. Uh, so the only two options would be the NCAA or the NIT. And there's only one way to make the NCAA tournament, and that's, of course, winning the conference championship, as you just pointed out. The NIT, they'd have to make one heck of a run, probably get to the championship game. Because, remember, they're going to end up with a losing record in Pac-12 play. And the NIT will shy away from that. And so, yeah, that, that's even going to be a long shot at this point. My guess is you either win it all uh, in Vegas and go to the dance, or you're, you're done for the year. That, that's my guess at this point in time. Mark Johnson, voice of the Buffaloes, with us today on the Team Sports Network. I uh, do want to mention or talk a little bit of Colorado spring football, which sure. uh, practice starts uh, March 19th for uh, Deion Sanders, Coach Prime, the Buffaloes. And, of course, that spring game is set for April 22nd, the uh, the black and gold uh, game over at uh, Folsom Field. So the, the right now on, on this day, the second day of March, leading up to start a spring ball, the two story lines that you're kind of you'll have an interest in that intrigue you mark when it comes to watching this first year under coach prime uh boy that's tough since i mean everything's brand new the roster's brand new um if i have to narrow it down i'm going to say shadur sanders you want to see what he's all about that's you know that's always that's almost kind of a default is you know what's the quarterback going to look like and so with all the hype that he comes in he probably saw he wants some um awards out of the HBCU uh, you know, just here the last last couple of days. And and so I'm interested to see what he is firsthand. We've seen stuff, obviously, in highlights. And if you watched that bowl game last year, uh, you know he's a pretty dynamic athlete. But I want to watch that, and then I want to see, you know, he's brought in, he being Coach Prime, he's brought in a lot of interesting players, obviously, through the portal and, and also, uh, you know, just, just uh, traditional recruiting. What I want to see is what's going on up front because that's where this is all going to be won, as we well know in football. And so I want to see what that looks like. I had a long conversation with Bill O'Boyle, the offensive line coach, the other day. and I'm going to meet uh, later on today with Nick Williams, the defensive ends coach uh, for the, the Bobs. I want to talk to him about that kind of stuff and find out exactly what that's going to look like, because that, that's going to determine a lot to this team. Do I think that they brought in a lot of skill guys? Yes, I do. I think they brought in a lot of talent. You might have seen the video yesterday. It was, uh, and I'm losing the young man's name, uh, Horn, uh, the wide receiver, uh, going against Travis Hunter, who was the number one corner in America a year ago and went to Jackson for one year. And, and you want to see two supreme athletes going at it. And Horn was getting the better of Hunter in those highlights that they, uh, they put out on social media yesterday. And so, you know, there's a lot of talent like that. I'm excited about the skill guys, but you've got to be able to protect. You've got to be able to get to the quarterback. And so uh, I want to know what's going on up front. And, and so that'll be probably the number, number one or number two thing I'm watching. But the quarterback, obviously, is going to be very important as well. Yeah, J.C. Horn. I looked it up really quickly. J.C. Horn uh, has a really promising future with the Buffaloes. Yep. Uh, I did read a piece about Shadur Sanders and kind of the comparison with Cam Ward at Washington State. Cam Ward, guy that was uh, what in, uh, FCS program that uh, obviously had a really good season for Washington State. And can Shadur Sanders be the Cam Ward of 2023? It, it was a, an interesting piece about uh, about the the experience that Cam Ward got playing at the FCS level, you know, while there's certainly a jump and uh, the challenge of going to a Power 5 conference in particular, going from FCS, that Shadur Sanders 
could very well be this year's version of Cam Ward. Well, yeah, and, and I think there's there's great I think there's a great upside for Shadur Sanders. Obviously, we know he's got the bloodlines for goodness sakes, right? And so that's unquestioned. What what we've seen in some of the highlights, I mean, he looks the part. Everything you want to see, you see, and so that's why I'm greatly optimistic. And, and obviously, uh, Buff Nation's very excited about him. And, but, you know, the proof will be in the pudding. Well, once you get on out there and we, we get a look at you, then when the, the bullets are flying, as we like to say, and all that, that that's when we're really going to find out. So that, that's why I'm, I'm really interested in watching, because it's been a long time since we've had a, a very high-level quarterback here at the University of Colorado. You know, it's really interesting. I was, I was uh, having a conversation with somebody in the staff, uh, one of the staff rooms the other day, and I said, you know, who's the great Colorado quarterback? That went on to the NFL and, and, and had you know enormous. There's been a lot of programs that have great you know, great quarterbacks that go out there and you know just make a name for themselves in the NFL. And and you, you think to yourself, well, um, you know the greatest quarterback in college history is Darren Hagan. That's what we all you know you think about. Cordell Stewart probably had the most notable NFL career, had a very nice NFL career. Detmer had a, had a nice NFL career, mainly as a backup. But Colorado's really never had a guy that went to the NFL and really had a long, sustained, high-level career in the Ash. And it's stunning to me, considering the, the, the uh, program and the success it's had over the course of time and where it kind of sits in history and, you know, with top 25 winning his program and all these kind of things. I'm stunned by that. So I've been waiting for that next great quarterback. And before I retire, Jim, I want to see him, Daggett. I want to watch that guy <laughs> and see him go on to the NFL and have great success. Well, hopefully that's this season with Shadur Sanders. Hopefully that'll be the case. Right. I'm hopeful. All right, Mark. Hey, I appreciate it. Thank you so much for joining us here on the 9 o'clock hour, and, and always a pleasure. Thanks. All right, Jim. Take care. Are right, you too. Mark Johnson, Voice of the Buffaloes, joining us today on the Jim